Today on Special Moments in Orthodoxy, Father Chris Metropolis shares a message on how Christmas works. I want to spend a few minutes with you tonight talking about how Christmas works. Because many times we talk about how Christmas doesn't work. But tonight I want to put some dots together to help us try to understand how does this holiday actually work for us because it almost didn't work many years ago. It's a fleeting moment of wonder, an interlude in which life is suddenly lovely, charming, peaceful, and polite. Yes, it's Christmas, but maybe there's more sweetness to the story than we know. You know about the shepherds and the angels and the wise men from the East. You're familiar with Joseph and Mary and the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. These characters are known to all of us and our visions of them leave us with sort of a warm and a fuzzy feeling. But maybe you suspect that there is more sweetness to the story than meets the eye. Scratch the surface of any Christmas card image and you're going to uncover a little bit of greed, a little bit of passion, danger, and even death. How does Christmas really work? One place to begin to answer this question is the internet, of course, which conveniently enough includes a site called How Does Christmas Work? It's a one-stop shop for all the questions that you have about the holiday. Questions like, why do people give gifts anyway? Is December 25th really the day that Jesus was born? Then there's the mistletoe mystery. What does it have to do with the Christmas story? Absolutely nothing. And how about the 12 days of Christmas? What about that? I mean, I thought they were 25 or they were 30 days of Christmas from Thanksgiving until Christmas. Of course, there are answers to these questions for those who are truly interested. The point is there are cultural and religious traditions like Christmas takes years and even centuries to develop formation until it becomes the event that we know today, enshrined in the global consciousness in one way or another. Christmas works, and it works via the traditions, the legends, and the customs that have evolved over time. But what happens if all that cultural accretions help us to put on Christmas, to do it right? But how does it work? How does Christmas really work? Is there a lingering, lasting effect that Christmas produces in us and for others? Could we throw sort of a monkey wrench into the whole business that could cause Christmas to actually work? Actually, Christmas almost didn't happen. Dig beneath the beautiful picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, and you're going to find some surprises. Take a look at the Gospel of Matthew, and you'll be stunned by the danger, the death, that permeated the original Christmas story. You want to talk about a catastrophe theory? Start right here. Christmas should never have happened. You don't, for example, take your pregnant wife, nine months pregnant with God, put her on a mule and on a pack, and travel 120 miles to your journey. Second, if you do, you'll at least arrange a room at the lodge. Don't just hope that maybe there'd be a room somewhere available. Third, 
the child in the manger. Think about it. How do children survive these days? The answer is back then, a lot of them didn't. But Jesus did. It wasn't a sterile environment to have a child. It just wasn't your typical birthing center, if you know what I mean. And then there are the wise men. They hit a real roadblock as they attempted to gain access to Jesus. Sure, the star in the sky helped them. They made their way to Jerusalem. But once they arrived in the capital city, they ran smack into King Herod, who already was working out an exit strategy in case the new king isn't found and killed. To make sure, scores of male children are killed in what today is known as the slaughter of the innocents. So Christmas almost didn't come off then, and it often doesn't come off for us now. Of course, we go through the motions, the presents, the Christmas cards, giving gifts to people that we don't even like, the food, the parties until we bust. But that's not Christmas. That's the holidays. Like the wise men, we have to take a detour around some of the dangers. If we're going to gain access to Jesus Christ, we're challenged to find it in a different way. The wise men protected Jesus by evading the expectations of Herod, and we should follow the same path. Our access to Jesus may acquire, may require eliminating some of the Christmas expectations that elevate all of our anxiety. The fact is, we really don't need to obsess about Christmas. We all do, I do too, about the holiday decoration, de decorations. And we insist on our house being stuffed with green holly branches, red poinsettias, and lights that never work. But even if we scale back our expectations and downsize our decorations, we're still gonna face some dangers which make our way through the season. Life has a way of shattering our serenity, even when we do our best to keep the chaos under control. So just how does Christmas work? It works, my dear friends, when we remember that Christmas now is a dangerous business. It is dangerous because it evokes dreams and tremendous hope. There's a scene in the movie Shawshank Redemption where Andy says to his best friend, hope is a dangerous thing. The reality is that we're in here and hope is out there. Christmas is not easy. And the fact is it can be rather costly because it demands we put our hopes and fears of all these years to work. It calls on us to give muscle to our aspiration and our dreams. And that's not easy. But if we do, Christmas works. Christmas works when we shatter the false gods of materialism and the idols of ambition and the demons of self-importance and set up the Christ child as the promise and the priority of our lives. When Christ is the center of our lives and all the demons fade away. Recall the moment in the film A Beautiful Mind. When John Nash, who's played by a great actor, Russell Crowe, has come to terms with his demons. They're still there, but he ignores them. And there's a scene where the demons being ignored 
appeared kind of sad. And they understand that they no longer have an influence on him. When we honor Christ and not the culture of Christmas, as it were, then Christmas ironically works. And the demons, while they're there, have no control. Finally, we honor Christmas when we allow it to take us to a foreign land. The text today tells us about the flight of the Holy Family unto Egypt. Jesus often leads us to unknown territory. We find ourselves in uncharted waters. But what Christmas is about is letting Jesus take our hand and leading us on a journey. And let me finish with a story. There was a priest who was having a problem with one of his deacons who was assigned to him. So the head priest had a good assignment. He said, I'm going to take that young deacon and I'm going to teach him a lesson. One day he said to the deacon, I want you to travel with our young youth group to the old folks home, to the assisted living center. And I want you to be there and pray with them and sing the Christmas carols with them. Would you drive them to the old folks home and at least do that? The deacon regrettably said, I guess so, Father. The first Sunday, the deacon was at the home. He was in the back kind of folding his arms a little bit disgusted. You see, he was a very negative person. And all of a sudden, someone was tugging at his arm. He looked down and there was an old man there in a wheelchair. He took hold of the old man's hand and the old man held his hand throughout the entire service. And the next month, that was repeated. And the next month, and the next month, and the next month. But then the next month came and the old man wasn't there anymore. The deacon inquired and he was told, oh, he's down the hall on the right-hand side, the third door. He's dying. He's unconscious. But if you want to go down there and you want to pray over his body, please go right ahead. The deacon went and what he saw was tremendously disturbing. There were tubes everywhere and wires. You know people who are in their last throes of life. The deacon took the man's hand and prayed that God would receive his soul into his kingdom, that God would bring this man into life, into the next life, into eternal life, <clears throat> with many blessings. As soon as he had finished the prayer, the man squeezed the deacon's hand, and the deacon knew that his prayer had been heard. He was so moved that tears began to streak out of his eyes and down his cheeks. He stumbled out of the room, and as he did so, he bumped into a woman. She said, he's been waiting for you. He said he didn't want to die until he had a chance to hold the hand of Jesus again. Just one more time. The deacon was amazed, and he said, what do you mean? She said, well, my father would say that once a month Jesus came to this place. He would take my hand and he would hold my hand for the entire hour. And I don't want to die until I have a chance to hold that man Jesus' hand one more time. Christmas works, my dear friends, when we let Jesus Christ take us into unfamiliar territory, a nursing home, a neighbor's home, or something even more bizarre like a sort of attitude adjustment 
a generous spirit, a helping hand, whatever you like. The point is that whenever and wherever we go, we are the hand of Jesus to others. And when that happens, Christmas happens, and Christmas really works. Amen. You've been listening to Special Moments in Orthodoxy with Father Christopher Metropolis. This has been a production of the Orthodox Christian Network.